the simple habit that expands your influence and boosts your career with the author of Read to Lead, Jeff Brown, on episode number 163 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. So virtually no matter what you're facing, what hurdle, what problem, what issue, what setback, there's probably somebody else who's experienced it and has also written about it. And so anytime you face a problem, anytime you face an obstacle, an obstacle, an issue, whatever, search for books on that topic. You're likely to find not just one, but several. Hi, this is Jeff Sanders, author of The Free Time Formula, helping busy people find happiness, focus, and productivity. My friend, Dr. Brad Miller, will help you find your promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful, and this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people, and indeed, welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast, episode number 163. The velvety voice you just heard on the introduction was the voice of one Jeff Brown. He's the producer of the Read to Lead podcast and the author of the book Read to Lead. And he is my very special guest today on this episode of the Beyond Adversity podcast, which is where we try to help you to grow through what you go through. You can always go to drbradmiller.com Get a free gift from me and listen to over 160 episodes of the podcast where we talk to great leaders and teachers and professionals who will help give you a process to overcome adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. I'm thrilled to have Jeff Brown here today with me. He is a mentor and a friend. We've known each other since 2014. We have participated in coaching and in mastermind groups together. And he is here today to talk about his first book, his new book, Read to Lead, which he co-authored along with Jesse Wisniewski. Jeff Brown is a speaker. He is an author and a consultant who, after many years as an award-winning broadcaster, found himself downsized from his job. He then started the Read to Lead podcast, which is a four-time Best Business Podcast nominee. On Read to Lead, he hosts great authors each week, such as Seth Godin, Michael Hyatt, and Alan Alda. Beyond that, Jeff leads in-person and virtual workshops, training, and helping executives and teams to install a culture of reading for success within their organizations. Jeff's book, his first book, is called Read to Lead, the simple habit that expands your influence and boosts your career. 
You can pick up the book at readtoleadbook.com. And if you do so before August 31, 2021, there's a ton of bonuses worth over $500, including the audiobook, which are all there for you. In our conversation today, Jeff talks about how reading was almost educated out of him. He talks about how reading then became a pivotal part of his workplace experience through a leader in his organization who valued the power of reading and how then Jeff took up on that process and applied reading to his career to great success in his career. Beyond his career, when he launched into his own business, Jeff talks about the power of reading to speak to any adverse event in your life and how to start and benefit from an intentional and consistent practice of reading. The, re- the author of Read to Lead, Jeff Brown, our guest today on the Beyond Adversity podcast. A privilege today to have a great author with us, a first-time author, but a great author nonetheless. His name is Jeff Brown. He comes from the world of radio originally. has been in podcasting for the last several years. He is an award-winning radio producer and personality. He formerly had a nationally syndicated morning show. But after about 25 years or so, about eight years or so ago, he transitioned into the world of podcasting and became boss-free in his life. And he is a nominee for the Best Business Podcast. And he's been privileged to interview hundreds of great leaders, including Seth Godin, Simon Sinek, John Maxwell, Liz Weissman, Dr. Henry Cloud, several others, including Alan Alda. But I also know him as a, as a personal mentor and a, the husband of a wonderful woman named Annie and uh, kind of the dog dad of a couple of uh, cool little dogs and also importantly in my life at least, an Indianapolis Colts fan. So welcome <laughs> to Beyond Adversity, Jeff Brown. Well, thank you, Brad, for for having me. It's a thrill to be here, and I appreciate uh, the invitation very, very much. So good to have you with us. I mentioned that you are a first-time author, and your book is called Read to uh, Read to Lead, and you have a co-author, uh, Jesse Wisniewski. And uh, but we're talking to you today, and uh, we just love to hear some more about the book and about you and your journey here. But I want to start in this kind of a place that may be a little different, perhaps. I'm not sure if you've spent much time in elementary school classrooms recently, but over the years, my uh, I've been in various parent-teacher conferences and things like this, and it seems like in every elementary school classroom, there's a big poster on the wall that says reading is fundamental with an emphasis on the fun, like an underline and bolded out word fun and then fundamental. So we're going to get into your story a little bit, but what do you think makes reading fun and fundamental or perhaps not? Because a lot of people have struggled with reading. Yeah, I think a lot of people who don't read, and that's that's most of us, unfortunately, most of us in the U.S. Uh, don't read in part because they're not aware, like I was not aware for so long, that there are actually books out there that they would love uh, to read. They just haven't been able to, to find them yet. So often in school, we grow up 
having to read things we don't want to read about subjects we're not interested in. That's just the way the education system has been designed. And in my view, no offense to educators, it's in need of an overhaul. There's a lot of industries in need of an overhaul these days, and that's just one of them. I teach my sister is an educator and a great one. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I went from having this love of reading as a child uh, that my mother instilled in me to having the desire to read, I would argue, educated out of me to then not until my early 30s rediscovering a love for reading. And I rediscovered that it became fun and fundamental to my career because I discovered there were books out there written about topics that I wanted to learn about and topics that interested me and people that interested me. And I find that when, when you focus on reading books about subjects you're fascinated by, about people you're fascinated by, you'll never get bored with reading. Reading will always be fun. Um, you know, cer- certainly there's fiction and, you know, much of what I read is nonfiction. And, and I think fiction is great for, you know, sort of building your creativity muscles and that sort of thing. Uh, but I really want to learn. I want to soak up knowledge. I want to take the things I'm learning and put those things into practice. And I do that primarily through reading biographies about people uh, that I am fascinated by and about reading uh, through reading nonfiction books on a number of different topics, you know, like personal growth and mindset and leadership and business and jobs and career entrepreneurship, et cetera. So I never get tired of learning new things about any of those areas. And it's why I've been able to, to maintain a, a relatively modest by some standards pace of, you know, a book a week for, for quite a number of years. So um, thankfully that love for reading that was educated out of me has, has made a comeback a little less than 20 years ago and shows no signs of slowing down anytime soon. Well, certainly that is the case, not only writing this book, but also, you know, the topic of your podcast is read to lead. So you've obviously made some uh, a significant transition. What do you think were some of the factors? You know, you mentioned how you was kind of educated out of you. I find that an interesting statement because I think that's relatively common, you know, that uh, folks have some love of reading in elementary years or whenever. And then as adults, somehow it becomes less impactful or less important. What were some of the factors for you that transitioned you, some of the actions that you either took or happened to you that helped you lead you back to reading after being apart from it for so long? Yeah, well, great question. I was working at a company at the time, a radio company, where the leader of that company uh, understood the value of books and continual learning, lifelong learning. And so, uh, you know, he sort of allowed himself, in, in my view, to get caught reading uh, by staff uh, to, uh, by that, I mean, um, he practiced that. He allowed other people to witness that. And so when the time came uh, when he had the idea to start sort of an in-staff in-house book club, uh, the reception was pretty positive because that's something we saw him doing. We saw him bringing those ideas he was learning to meetings and saw his enthusiasm for, for reading. And so when he offered to supply books for us and bring us together once a week to talk about books we were reading together. Most of us were pretty excited about that idea. And even, even me, uh, someone who at that point wasn't doing a lot of reading was excited about that. And so um, uh, one of the first books I remember reading was Seth Godin's Purple Cow. I was desiring to learn more about marketing anyway. And so, you know, that book just hit me at the perfect right 
time. And as I read it, I absolutely loved it, fell in love with reading all over again. Thanks in large part because of this leader, Matt and Seth coming together, though they've never met. Uh, they came together to help you know, sort of reignite my love for reading uh, and the stars and planets uh, aligned, if you will. So as I began to read more and more, uh, that was just the starting point. I began to see uh, opportunities come my way that weren't coming uh, to other people, um, colleagues and others in my industry. Um, and I attribute that sort of, you know, hockey stick type trajectory of my career uh, beginning uh, because of that habit I was practicing that nobody else around me was really practicing and that being intentional and consistent reading. So as I began to practice that more and more, I saw more and more opportunities come my way. That was- and so I just think it's awesome that you had your, you know, your personal uh, mentor, if you will, within the organization, but also the virtual one through, through books. And I think that's an important uh, distinction we have that really through books, you can be mentored through Socrates and Plato and uh, Lincoln, anyone from the past, as well as contemporary thinkers uh, as well, who can speak into your life. That led you to do this and to led you to be back into reading some more. And what were some of the impacts of that? What, how, what were some of the results of that? How did that, you, the second part of your book is the leadership part. How did that influence your career, your leadership, your, your application of your career and what you do now? Yeah, uh, early on in, uh, in that uh, period of time when I began reading, um, as I mentioned, I, I began getting lots of opportunities to do things others weren't getting the chance to do. Um, and, and that started with speaking, with getting up in front of other factions within the company. I was experimenting based on what I was reading. I was experimenting with marketing ideas. I was experimenting in the areas of social media. Social media was, was new at the time. This is in the mid 2000s and on into 2008 when Facebook was sort of making itself uh, ubiquitous. Um, and as a radio company, we were trying to figure out, you know, what do we do with this? How do we leverage these tools more intimately connect with our listeners. And so I was reading books on these topics and began practicing what I was learning. The things that I practiced and experimented with that didn't work, people quickly forgot. But the things that I tried that worked, people noticed. And so I was asked to then, uh, at a national level, speak to all of our operations directors and share with them what I was learning. I was asked on a national level to speak to our entire sales team about how to leverage some of these tools and what they were doing. And that eventually led to uh, the president of the company at, at one point decided uh, he had uh, wanted to land on a new vision for the next 10 years from 2010 to 2020, his 2020 vision, he called it. And he was going to be like a good leader does. He was going to be visiting uh, several of the radio stations to get input from local stations as to what that vision should, should include and contain. And so my leader, uh, the gentleman who had started this book club, went, came to me and said, I want you to be the one that presents on our station's behalf as to how you think our direction should go these next 10 years, which was itself an honor. And I attribute that again to a lot of what I was doing with regard to reading. And so I put that presentation together, ran it by my boss. He signed off on it, presented to the president of the company and our staff when he came by. And that led to two major things. One is He then invited me to come to Colorado Springs to the home office uh, and present to the executive something that a rank and file employee had never done before, that that same presentation. And then later, when he would go to put together 
his communication, his presentation for this 2020 vision once it was finalized and communicated to the rest of the world. He asked me to build that presentation for him after seeing what I had done. Now, the presenting I was doing and the presentations I was creating, I had never really done presenting much before. Everything I was doing, I was learning from books, both uh, delivery and content and how to present what 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 you have to say. I learned all that from the books I was reading. And so it was, again, books and the reading I was doing that made all of those things possible. And no one, not one single person I worked with in that entire company was seeing opportunities come their way like this. I was the one person that I know of that was reading on an intentional and consistent level. Transformation took place, opportunities that came place as a direct result of your reading and application of your reading to in your workplace. And so that's a part of the key here is the, when we read stuff to comprehend and to, to use it and to allow it to be uh, a, a change agent in your life. And so I want to visit with you just a few minutes here, Jeff, about this whole matter of, you know, when people get stuck in whatever they, they need to, you know, adversity is some uh, situation where people get stuck, I believe, and they have to take actions to get out of it. But that transformation is more than just an intellectual thing, I believe. It's in, 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 intellect is a part of it. So tell us a bit about how reading in your case or in other, pay, other people's cases can be transformative of the mind, the spirit, the emotions. How do you think a reading can be transformative on deep, deep, deep levels? Yeah, a lot of ways. The cool thing is, is whatever you're facing, whatever the issue is, be it health related, like you were talking about, or being some hurdle you're trying to overcome, you're not likely to be the first person to have ha- had that struggle, to experience that struggle. And the other thing to, to realize is, is that more, more often than not, more likely than not, someone else who's been up against that same struggle has written about it, has come on the other side of it and written about their experience having come on the other side of it and how they did it. And so virtually no matter what you're facing, what hurdle, what problem, what issue, what setback, there's probably somebody else who's experienced it and has also written about it. And so anytime you face a problem, anytime you face an obstacle, an obstacle, an issue, whatever, Search for books on that topic. You're likely to find not just one, but several. Grab two or three that, that fascinate you based on description. Uh, you know, judge a book by its cover if you have to. <laughs> and then dig in. And if you get partway into a book and it's just not doing it for you, you're not obligated to finish it. Set aside and go to the next one. You know, maybe, maybe you picked a, a lemon out of the group. No, no harm, no foul. Go on to the next one. It was, what, 15, 20 bucks? It's not a big deal. When you think about, you know, a $20 book, and you come away with just one great idea or one great thing you can implement that can change your life, that was, that was a, a great investment. That was 20 bucks well spent. So I think uh, with regard to your question, you know, how can or what are some of the ways books can help us? I think the, uh, the ways that books can help us are too numerous to mention. The beauty is, is that no matter what you face, there's a book out there or books out there for you that are going to help get you through it. Well, let's get personal for a second. What are some books that may have been impactful, some specific titles or some things in your life that may have been impactful that were transformative, either on a, you know, business related or personal or spiritual or anything of that nature? Um, I would say on the business side, I mentioned Seth Godin's Purple Cow. That's always uh, going to have a place in my heart just because it was so uh, a part of the process of kind of bringing me back to reading and recognizing that love that had been dormant. 
Um, I'm a big fan of Liz Weissman's uh, multipliers, how the best leaders make everyone smarter, uh, in large part because I feel like it was written about that leader I was mentioning earlier who brought books into the workplace. He, he is a multiplier type leader, the type of leader that Liz talks about, the type of leader who isn't um, uh, intimidated by the fact that they've hired people smarter than they are in the areas they've been hired to, 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 uh, to come in and, and grow. And so he understood how to leverage the collective brain power of the room. And that's what a multiplier leader t- uh, type leader does. And that's what Liz writes about uh, in her book, Multipliers. Um, I'm a big fan of the work of Todd Henry. Um, Die Empty, Unleash Your Best Work Every Day is one of my favorite books uh, from him. And of course, books like Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen R. Covey, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, some of those classics, uh, Dan Miller's 48 Days to the Work You Love. Personal level, uh, you know, a lot of the books that I read are really for um, sort of the business side. When it comes to the personal side, I would say, you know, books on communication. I, I just finished one, speaking of communication, called Listen Like You Mean It by Amena Vingochea. I had to think about how to pronounce her name again. Hamina Vingochea, Listen Like You Mean It, great book on communication. So so that's one near and dear to me. I'm reading a book right now. Uh, this is really public speaking related, but it can serve you in so many different ways, called uh, Do You Talk Funny? Uh, recommended to me by a former guest on my podcast, Read to Lead. And it's a book about just uh, implementing humor into communication and in presentations and that sort of thing. But I'm getting a lot out of that. But what is compelling? What is it? Is there a common theme about these books that hooks you, that gets you, that makes that makes you say, "Okay, I want to read this book, and I want to read more by this author," or "I am just hooked into this." Whereas some other titles you mentioned, we may just look, you know, gloss through it and say, "Okay, goes into yeah. the Goodwill pile." Or yeah, whatever. you know, a lot of authors touch on in one way or another uh, the topic of mindset to a degree. Now there are books just on mindset that focus solely on mindset, like Carol Dweck's mindset or John Acuff's soundtracks, uh, which is really a book about mindset. But I find that a lot of authors will hit on that topic at, at one point or another. It's mentioned briefly in, in my book, even read to lead. Uh, but mindset is something that just, uh, this is the negative mindset uh, for many of us is something that just so adversely affects us uh, more than we realize. Uh, I, I think when you have enough self-awareness to realize that things like happiness, attitude, your reactions and responses, things of that nature in your life uh, are a choice. You, you get to decide today whether or not you're going to be happy. You get to decide today whether that roommate that you consider lazy uh, is really lazy or not, or if that's just your attitude toward them, you could change your attitude toward them, actually impact their level of what you you feel to be laziness <laughs> just in how you approach them. So, so you have more, you know, control uh, than, than you think. I think the, the way to approach life is with an abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset. And so many of us approach it. And I even fall into this, and even though I know better, uh, having read a few books on the topic, I fall into it occasionally just, uh, just like anybody else. Uh, but knowing that you get to choose in any given day when those feet hit the floor, you, know, you can say things like, today's going to be a great day. 
and truly mean it and then do your darndest to go out and, and have a great day and roll with the punches if and when they come. Or you can wake up like a curmudgeon who got up on the wrong side of the bed and that can affect every interaction you have throughout the rest of the day. That your energy and the energy that you bring to every interaction situation you're in has a ripple effect. And that is such an important factor in overcoming adversity, which happens to all of us. We choose how we react to ad- adverse events. And you're saying that uh, this particular lo- line of books is compelling to you to help you with your mindset. And so in sharing that with others, which you share on your podcast and now through your book, what are some ways, for instance, if you're going to gift somebody a book and maybe you do this, what are some books that you might gift someone to help them? Yeah, good question. Well, I've gifted um, How to Win Friends and Influence People a few times, especially to young people. I think of a nephew of mine, DJ, who I gifted that book to when he was 13. He's 17 now. He devoured that in a couple of days. Um, I think the classics like that. Uh, I mentioned Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, some of those books that have been around for you know 30 years or more are great books to gift uh, to young people. I think for someone uh, new in the leadership realm uh, who's maybe been thrown into a position where that requires them to then lead a group of people, and maybe they've never done that, have them read Multipliers by Liz Weissman. You know, if, if you're like I was back in my days in radio, suddenly thrown into the marketing side of radio and something that at the time I had no experience in, you're at a job where suddenly you're having to, to help with the marketing or come up with marketing ideas or, or understand, you know, what that's about. Read Purple Cow, Seth Godin. I would, I, I've gifted that book. I've gifted all those books I've just mentioned numerous times, depending on the situation and, and the individual. Yeah. And that has to do with building on relationships that, you know, that's a, what I'm trying to get is we invest in relationships. And one of the ways we can reinvest in relationships is through the gift of reading. And I have done that with my own children and with others as well. I've gifted to, for instance, Together is Better by Simon uh, Sinek as uh, one of the books I've gifted out. But let's, uh, I want to just, as we kind of bring us around here, one of the things I really loved about your book, Jeff, is that you had some of the things we've been talking about here about the kind of the theoretical type of thing and the transformative type of thing about books and about uh, the importance of book and the reason some scientific data and things like that, which I find fascinating. But also you talk about some of the actual habits and disciplines and the things we got to do to develop a habit of reading. But give us a few nuggets, a few things that if we're speaking in the life of a young entrepreneur or a young businessman or woman, what are some uh, disciplines or some uh, habits that we could help learn from your book that can be helpful to us? Yeah. When um, folks tell me that they struggle with finding time to read, one of the first questions I ask is whether or not they're scheduling their reading time. And more often than not, the answer to that question is no. People think, well, I want to read more and then think, well, I'll, when I think to do that, I'll do that thing or I'll, I'll get up in the morning and read or I'll read before I go to bed. And it's, it's no more than a thought. Uh, but I think if you're going to build that habit on, on a consistent basis or anything else for that matter, it's got to be something that you're intentional about. And that means scheduling it. What gets scheduled gets done, Michael Hyatt says. And so that means I schedule my reading. That's the only way I'm able to read a book a week is by setting aside time, carving it out in my calendar and on my day planner, which means it's protected and nobody else can can take that time unless I give it away, Right. And so that's, that's step number one. And step number two, I would say, is don't be afraid to start small. 
or as uh, B.J. Fogg, uh, Dr. B.J. Fogg in his book, Tiny Habits, calls tiny. And he suggests, you know, building habit recipes uh, and attaching those to things like anchors, he calls them. And so let's say you want to read more. Uh, let's say 30 minutes a morning. Uh, but what do you already do in the morning without any effort at all that you don't even have to think about? Maybe if you're like me, that's drinking a cup or preparing a cup of coffee or several cups of, of coffee. Well, then your habit recipe might be something like when I start the coffee maker or when I, when I uh, sit down with my cup of coffee, I will read for 30 minutes. May not sound, 30 minutes may not sound tiny to you. And if that's the case, then you can strip it down even further. You can, it can be when I sit down with my morning cup of coffee, I will read page one of this new book, or I will read paragraph one, or I will read sentence one, or I will read the table of uh, contents, or I will sit down with my cup of coffee and I will open the book to the first page. And that's, that's, that's your goal is to open the book. And the next day, the goal can be the same. I will open the book to the first page. Do that for several days and, and also celebrate that as silly as that sounds like give yourself an attaboy or a Tiger Woods style fist pump or a victory uh, sign with your arms in the air kind of a thing. Uh, program your brain to want to do this again because it felt good. In other words, even if it's something as simple as opening the book to the first page, eventually you'll get to the point where you're like, well, I'm here anyway. Why don't I just read for a little bit? Uh, this worked for Fogg, uh, a more personal example to him, when it came to flossing his teeth. His goal was to, uh, and, and a great a great um, uh, anchor for him was brushing his teeth, which he did anyway without thinking about it. So his recipe was, after I brush my teeth, I will floss one tooth. And that was the goal. And when he flossed one tooth, he celebrated. And eventually that led to, much like I described earlier, it's like, well, I'm here. Why don't I floss a second tooth? Well, why don't I do one more? And before you know it, you're flossing all the teeth or you're reading for 30 minutes instead of just opening the book to the first page. So schedule time to read and then don't be afraid to start small if you have to. Sound like you're trying to find ways to make it fun and fundamental. <laughs> so good. Well, hey, uh, I just got one more question for you, sure. really. But before I ask you that question, is there anything that you really want us to know? about your first book or your read to lead that uh, is just foundational that, that I've not touched on here, uh, that we've not touched on here. And I've kind of hinted at this, but it's just at this idea that is this, if this is something that you've, you kind of innately know you should be doing more of, know you need to do more of it. You're just looking for something that will help you get over that hump then I would encourage you to grab the book. It's going to help you understand why this is a habit you need to develop. If I haven't already done a good job of that in this interview, it's going to help you understand you know, where to begin, what books to start with based on where you're at. And then the third section of the book is just going to help, help you understand how to make the most of the habit, how to get the most out of what you read and put what you read into practice. And um, if you get the book before August 31st at readtoleadbook.com, uh, there are about $500 worth of bonuses, including a mini course. You get the audiobook for free. If, you're, if that's more your style, when you purchase a physical copy, the audiobook comes uh, for free. There's some other bonuses there as well. Autograph book plate even. And depending on who you purchase the book through, when you go to readtoleadbook.com, you can even get 40% off the cover price. So it's like 11 bucks and change. So you just for, for that, you get all those bonuses. So I encourage you to check it out again. It's readtoleadbook.com. 
And we'll have connections to all that in our show notes at drbradmiller.com here on Beyond Adversity. We've got one more quick question for you. It may or may not be quick, maybe for another topic another day. But this is your first book. Congratulations on writing your first book. What did you, what was this one nugget you learned from reading all these books that you applied to writing? Yeah, what did you learn from your, all your reading that you've done that was impactful in writing a book? Gotcha. Yeah, um, a lot. Um, one of which is I knew I wanted to include a quote, a favorite quote to begin each chapter. I, I've seen, they're called epigraphs. I've seen other authors do that, and I knew I wanted to do that. I knew I wanted to end each chapter with some uh, sort of over to you segments like, okay, now it's your turn to kind of think about what you've read and, 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 and run with this. Here's some tips on how to do that. I knew I wanted to end each chapter with some book recommendations. And, and those were ideas that, you know, I got from, from, you know, reading so many other books and then just the writing process in general. I, I knew it was important to me to, to begin most chapters with a personal story uh, whether it was for me or my co-author Jesse, to really you know draw the le- the reader in uh, to sort of anchor them into the chapter before jumping into the content of the chapter. So those are just some of the things that just reading so many books I, I took away from that I knew I wanted to to implement in in this book. Well, it's a stellar effort. Uh, the book is called Read to Lead, and the subheading the, the subtitle is The Simple Habit That Expands Your Influence and Boosts Your Career. Jeff's Brown and Jesse Wisniewski. We're our guest today on Beyond Adversity, the author of Read to Lead, Jeff Brown. I don't know about you, but when it comes to reading, I am the master of good intentions. In fact, my wife likes to say that I am the collector of too many books. Indeed, not too long ago, when, our, when we downsized homes, I sold over 500 books and I have ended up buying a couple more back <laughs> because I found like I had nuggets and I needed, wanted to uh, glean those nuggets for those books I'd sold. I have a lot of books in my life, but too many of them, as my wife says, sit on the shelf unread. And that's true. And also, but many I have read cover to cover and many I've read portions of, and I find value in that. But I loved what Jeff shared today. Jeff Brown shared today about his book, Read to Lead, was how for many of us, we innately know that reading is good for us, but we don't know what to do about it. And the book today of Read to Lead, what Jeff shared with us, is about some whys and how-tos in terms of applying reading to be successful in our life to increase our intelligence, to broaden our mind, to accelerate our income, to have more satisfaction in our life. And that's what I want. I think that's what our listeners here on Beyond Adversity want as well. And what Jeff gave us was some real practical steps of why you should read and how to do it and some of the practical disciplines. I hope that you picked up on that. Some of the takeaways to schedule a time and protect it. The power of small steps, even if you read a sentence or two a day, do it. And how reading is powerful to speak to any adverse condition in your life. There's nothing you've gone through that someone else hasn't gone through, and they've written a book about it. And he talked about how such things as mindset and discipline and dealing through discomfort 
and dealing with energy are some of the themes he's picked up from from the authors that he has interviewed and applied it to his book. You're going to find great helpful processes for the practical habit of reading in our podcast here today. You can pick up Read to Lead, the book, at readtoleadbook.com. And if you do so before August 31, there's about $500 worth of bonuses, including an audio book, which are available to you there. Our purposes here at Beyond Adversity are to help you to face adverse life events in, that you deal with and to get beyond them. One of the tools you can use is reading, of course. But what we're after here is a process to help you to find your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose by getting through adversity. And we have over 160 episodes of speaking to great leaders and teachers like Jeff Brown, but other people in the health field and in the psychological field and in business and in finance who help you to overcome adverse life events and to achieve a process to get through them. That's what we're all about here. You can always go to drbradmiller.com. We have a free gift for you there and over 160 episodes to speak into your life. We're every week to help to serve you. So until next time, friends, this is Dr. Brad Miller, and I just want to encourage you to continue in your life to grow through what you go through. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.